Hey everyone, I'm Jessica. And I'm Claire. And this, it'll only hurt a little. Today we're going to be talking with a very special guest, our brother, <laughs> and we're going to be discussing OCD. OCD is excessive thoughts, obsessions that lead to repetitive behaviors, compulsions. Obsessive compulsive disorder is characterized by unreasonable thoughts and fears, obsessions that lead to compulsive behaviors. We hope you enjoy the episode and we hope you stay alive. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Welcome. Today we have Jordan on the podcast. This is our brother. Hello. <laughs> We're going to be talking about OCD today. Yes. So why don't you start us off? Just tell us a little bit about your timeline when you were diagnosed, things like that. So it's relatively recent. Jess, you were the first one to diagnose me. <laughs> That's <laughs> thank it's you. our special skill. Um, yeah. <laughs> but then uh, my therapist did too. It was during a time I had like a meltdown. February 2020, went to the hospital because I thought I was dying or choking on something. And they were like, I did like an MRI. I did an x-ray. I got an endoscopy. And the doctors were... Kind of like there's nothing there but there could have been which in retrospect wasn't good for me because i was like seriously convinced there was like something stuck in my throat and i really think looking back there probably wasn't at all but i found out through my therapist and doctor they were like well that's like a pretty common symptom of panic just thinking feeling like a tightness in your throat or an object in your throat and having difficulty swallowing and you know, I have anxiety too, pretty crippling anxiety when I'm not on medication. And so it took a while for me to admit to myself, but whatever. And so like through therapy, my doctor or my therapist was kind of like, you know, um, it really sounds like you've, you have OCD. Sounds like it. your sister knows what she's talking yeah, about. <laughs> yeah. Really sounds like you have a seriously smart sister. <laughs> um, and uh, she went into went on to like describe to me how and why and I guess like the the more I guess like popularized form of OCD where people have things like really organized and have to keep things really clean is actually a super rare form. And, yeah, um, yeah, uh, pretty uncommon and it's more common to have. I mean, seemingly intrusive thoughts and yes, yes, intrusive thoughts for sure. Um, which I was really, really embarrassed to talk about, but also like uh, the things that you want to have control over or the control issues that you have may be like seemingly random from the outside, but like you make all these justifications in your head because, or at least I do with mine. I don't know about everybody's OCD, but I do with mine because if I like, calculate all these ways that like these things that I feel like I have to do make sense then I feel more okay about doing them or whatever and she was like you know a lot of people associate OCD with like a type A kind of personality but I'm definitely not type A 
Emily talks to her therapist about me to separate therapist. But, um, she was like, oh, yeah, he's late all the time because he has OCD. So I'm just like getting diagnosed all at once from all these different angles. And she was like, uh, apparently, I guess it's common to have punctuality issues because you have everything set up a certain way in your house even if it's like messy or whatever you just Mm -hmm. know where everything is and it's kind of like your comfort zone and you don't want to leave it because it can be severely uncomfortable more uncomfortable than like somebody without OCD like leaving their house and receiving that sort of information is like kind of a double-edged sword because it's like nice for me to understand it's validating for sure for sure but then I also struggle with feeling like I have, like, a fucking excuse to be late everywhere. Sorry for that. No, you can say F-bombs all you want. Um, Yeah, so I just... So now um, you're like, I can't be late? Well, at at first I was like, get off my back, I have OCD, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Emily's my wife, and... um, And uh, so we went through like a long, a pretty a kind of a long struggle with that. And so now I'm at the point where I'm like actually trying to like improve myself. Okay, so going back, we're going to like slowly go back in time. Mm-hmm. When we went on a family trip to Yosemite National Park, you had my husband, Vincent, bring a special hazmat cleaner because you were concerned about Hantavirus. Yes. <laughs> from the deer mice, yeah. Do you, yeah. do you think there were other little signs before that? that oh, we yeah, like... for sure. I remember back, so before Claire was born, when we, can I say where we lived? No, that's the F word you can't say. Not that one. Yes. Don't no, say no, that before. word. The S word. No, oh. the H word. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk about your misdiagnosis. Okay. Yeah. Well, not even, not, not no? even that. No, okay. we lived in heck. Just kidding. We lived in Hollister, <laughs> we lived in Hollister and um, I remember, I have memories from that at least when I was, uh, I don't know, young, six or younger, four to six, somewhere in that window. And that was when I have my at least first memory of having to touch things four times. And it went on for maybe until like I went through puberty or something I had to touch everything four times well things Mm -hmm. that it like I felt pulled to this like just gravitational Mm -hmm. pull to like I touched that on accident I have to touch it three more times yeah and that went away I don't have like that from the I guess from the surface looks like a tick but in my mind I was like it's not yeah it's it's, like compulsive yeah yeah Yeah. and luckily i don't i don't have that i don't have anything like that anymore i'm not like (laughs) but do you do it in your head okay okay but i know one thing i know one thing you do that's kind of like that which is like checking locks oh for sure so um and now which is similar and i'm i shouldn't psychoanalyze myself because i'm piss poor at it but like I I do that. I'll check a lock, and then I'll be like, "Yeah, but Did I can't I remember every way? moment of checking the lock." So let me <laughs> make sure I checked it really, really well again. Um, and so now I yeah, I still I still probably check locks at least twice. It feels different in my mind. It probably looks the same from the outside, but like I don't feel like I need to. Sometimes I feel like I need to check them twice, even if I like just like did it, but. Sometimes I'll check them like 
before I'm leaving the house. I'll check all the doors that like I don't normally go through and then I'll be like shit but did I check the side door and I'll go back to the side door and but it's not necessarily I don't know and I don't know the significance of that honestly um I wish I did but I there are certain things that I have to be absolutely sure of like the door locking even though it doesn't really matter if somebody came in to the house while you have I was a vicious gone, cat and they like yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> if they if they came in and like check the doorknob and they're not gonna be like oh shucks it's locked and like yeah leave, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, so do you count in your head um i guess i do still sometimes especially when i'm by myself it's not so necessary to me that um i uh have to do it when I'm around other people or maybe like socializing is stimulating enough. One thing that my therapist told me was that like people that are a lot of people that are like high functioning have multiple intelligences not to toot my own horn but like socially (laughs) and otherwise they'll be more prone to these issues because your brain sometimes will automatically challenge itself if it doesn't feel challenged enough yeah so Mm -hmm. she felt like maybe when I'm in social situations I don't need to because that's kind of stimulating yeah Mm -hmm. and but there are a lot of like uh, uncertainties you know that was like her best guess at the moment so Mm -hmm. I don't know yeah so I diagnosed you because my Jack had been diagnosed through like a super lengthy process with which he also, you know, high intelligence, literally tried to like spoof the testing portion <laughs> itself. And we had to do it more than once because he was he thought it was so ridiculous. So um, super similar. And then I saw so many when I started listening and reading things, there were a lot of things that I was like, Jordan, and you were going through your kind of breakdown at that time and I was like oh my gosh it sounds so much like what Jordan is dealing with and has dealt with so yeah yeah and then as I was listening to different podcasts and symptoms and things it was like there was a buffet of OCD symptoms that were not like the cliche cleanliness and orderliness Mm -hmm. it's like I've seen your car Mm-hmm. I mean, if, yeah. if OCD went along mm-hmm. with like the generic thing, <laughs> your car would be, yeah. <laughs> you'd be a liar. Yeah. Um, but I want to know like how you feel because when you were, I think Jack's age, maybe a little bit older, 10 ish, and you were diagnosed with ADHD, I believe. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like. That was OCD that, being wrongly diagnosed. Yeah, because I, I think I do know what through Jack's process, which is happening, you know, now many years later, they've there's more research, there's more information. And so his diagnosing doctor through all the testing he went, there isn't a test for it, but there are different markers and and things that he saw that said Mm, this really looks like OCD, but it's going to look like ADHD to a lot of other people. But that's his anxiety. That is his need to fill different, you know, things that he needs to do. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you were misdiagnosed? How do yeah, you feel? Yeah, for sure. It was weird. So, like, socially growing up, I wanted to be, like, a leader and 
like all through elementary and middle school and I kind of let it go in high school but I wanted to be a leader but like internally I felt embarrassed about a lot of weird little things like family issues but also like OCD related things and so I would try and compensate and so I developed kind of this habit and it's probably not all OCD it's like it's probably like a personality thing but or just like a personal thing I don't know but I try I I would act out a lot to kind of uh, distract I guess from things that I didn't want to be like a focal point of me or I didn't want people to notice about me or know about me and so probably I mean it was I feel like also that I do kind of need a challenge or I just kind of go a little crazy so it's hard to tell in retrospect there was like our childhood was like kind of a shitstorm so there were so many other issues going on around that time it's hard to blame anything like specifically on oh this or yeah this yeah. was the first time or anything like that yeah, yeah for sure and it's not just like I mean it's just like life it's not even like anybody's family it's like life is intense you know mm-hmm. parents have their own lives while they have kids and then the kids lives and then there's kind of this place where they meet in the middle and they're together and so it's life is so intense that I feel like maybe the part that I could blame on OCD is that I it still am, but was then very frustrated by it. It's like a super frustrating, and it's not like sad or depressing at all. It's just like f- constant frustration. Sometimes it feels just like heinous. You know, it's I feel like I need to do this thing, and now that I'm like kind of taking inventory, albeit just like in the last year, but I'm like, oh shit, I don't need to. I don't need to do that like that doesn't serve me at all but I still feel this need to grab sometimes I'll have my cards on me but there will be like five dollars laying on the table and I'll get all the way to my car and I'll be like oh that five dollars okay I gotta go grab that before I go. and I'm already late <laughs> yeah <laughs> but I feel this need where I feel like there would be this just in case I need five bucks cash yeah yeah I don't know I don't know what it is so it can be like severely frustrating and I think a lot of my acting out was probably a product of that do you feel like if you were diagnosed earlier your teenage years would have been different uh, <laughs> okay I mean, so explain a, just like give like a brief like high school then what then college graduation honors childhood Jess and I moved around a lot. And then Claire was born, and at this point... That um, just fucked up our lives, Yeah, man. Sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah. At this point, so Claire was born in Salinas. We had already lived in, I mean, really four different places before that, maybe five. And I've counted. I, I think I went to eight different schools. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we bounced around a lot. Um, our parents got divorced at a pretty young age. I think I was six and you were nine, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it was pretty pretty traumatic but in in the moment I didn't f- I just didn't know any better I was so young I was just like this is just life it didn't feel like you know I was yeah. expecting I had very few expectations at that point but then fast forward 
which I think probably was really difficult. <clears throat> Jack is getting ready to switch from one school to another, and he's having a lot of anxiety about it. And school in general sure. is so it, – it just comes with anxiety for him. So yeah. I can only imagine moving oh, yeah. that many times. Was, yeah. I mean, I it was even, hard for me. Yeah, I don't even have OCD, but I, and yeah. I moved schools a lot, yeah. and it was hard for me. For sure, for sure. And I, and I don't even know what it's like now or how, like – because life has changed so much with both technology and, you know, especially in the last year, politics, you know, just like kind of like social awareness. I feel like there's a lot more pressures on younger people yeah. to mm-hmm. be aware and kind of acknowledge things that like... I we didn't know. have to. Yeah, no, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So... Fast forward, I go to Catholic school where we live now um, from elementary and middle school. And then I go to a public high school. And then... Which was really cool. It yeah, had, it was super cool. You had an awesome eighth grade teacher that said, you have to test for this program and he'll get in and it would be great for him. So she, I really love that she noticed that, that she yeah. recognized that you had a gift and felt like yeah. you needed to be challenged. She's yeah. going above and beyond what her job required, which is amazing. Yeah, yeah, she loved teaching. She was a great teacher. And so then I go there. It's fantastic. I have a little bit of culture shock because it's super multicultural and I ended up loving it. But then I ended up really just, and I mean, it's not like I was the one like causing all the fights in the family, but I just really kind of go into those family fights just like head on Mm -hmm. um, and determined to just kind of be kind of destructive and I think I had I had already left by then, which that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. Um, But. I think for me as a sibling, being the older one and parents going through a divorce and us being tossed around a lot and it just being kind of just like you and I, I know I for sure had a lot of guilt for like the responsibility and like leaving you in that situation. Not like I left, I was asked to leave, but, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but you know what I mean? It was like hard and it I was like, fired, I quit. <laughs> <laughs> and so like you were just left there in, in like a very difficult situation. That's yeah. hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And meanwhile, like, this is one definite, like, direct correlation to OCD. I feel like I'm, like, suppressing this, like, potential, like, insanity that, because I'm just, like, you know, totally in the dark about it. I know nothing about it, completely uneducated, and I didn't know what it was. And I still have, like, these tics, especially when I'm by myself, that are, like, a dirty secret that I don't want anybody to know about. Yeah. Um, And then all of the stuff, like, kind of on the outside that's going on, um, I just felt, like, really frustrated. And I carried a lot of, like, embarrassment or shame about a lot of things, just kind of who I am. Not that I had really anything Mm -hmm. to be ashamed about, but I look back on my past self, especially in that time, and I was just, maybe it's just being a teenager and just everything's embarrassing. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I I know after doing quite a bit of research and talking to some professionals, with OCD in particular, the intrusive thoughts or thinking that, you know, I mean, it can be anything from, you know, you have, I, I remember just feeling like, wow, I mean, you could be driving down the road and feel like, shit, I hit a bump. Maybe it was a person. I got to go back and make sure. Maybe I had a person. And so people will need to do that or. All the way to, 
there's somebody walking in front of me what if I hit this person? Yes. You know? We talk about like, that all the time where it's like, I'll be driving and I'll be like, what if I just like hit that? Like, what if I just ran my car off the road into that ditch right now? Like what yeah. would happen? Or like I'm holding a but glass. But it's definitely much for you. Yeah. It's very, it's very real. And in, it's not only it's, real, but it's like horrific because it's not, it's, it's the like opposite fear. of an urge. It's like, I feel like, and my therapist kind of thought this too. It's probably, it probably has a strong correlation. I have like a, crippling fear of heights and it's because whenever i'm on a height oh, yeah you feel I like feel that like, urge to go over if, the edge yeah, i don't what know if I, f- I fall over and it just i get well i also get like a little bit of vertigo i don't know if that's like ocd related or whatever but it's just when i'm on heights and um i think like what if i fell right now what would i do and then yeah. i go through the steps <laughs> of me falling oh no <laughs> you're it's like a cartoon where you're like boom Boom, boom, yeah, boom. yeah. And then there's yeah. like Girl, birds uh, flying oh, around your head. Oof. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's weird because I could, I feel like, and I feel like people that don't have that or like in that situation, like the more common, you know, thought is like, I walk on a sidewalk all mm-hmm. the time, never stumble over. So this like three feet of width on this hike on this mountainside is like totally fine. And there's a beautiful view. But me, I'm just thinking like, what, what if, if I, I fell? Yeah. 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 What if I walked off this cliff right now? I yeah, mean, it yeah. could, I, I know like some professionals will even, their, their clients will have a fear of like, you know, what if I'm really into BDSM, which if that's your thing, that's cool. Mm-hmm. But for them, it's like a concern. Mm-hmm. And so they will actually watch things like that with their therapist. Mm-hmm. I mean, it can be so many different things yeah, that because... people feel so uncomfortable with, but it's not necessarily because it's your brain is doing that. It's not really yeah. something to be embarrassed about. It's something to like, you should discuss it, get it out explore. and well, explore it's like it. Exhausting and frustrating too, because it's like these thoughts aren't urges, but they're like, they're, they start as like random thoughts. And then depending on what's going on around you or in, in your life or just that very moment, they can quickly become like considerations not that like i'd like you know hit a lady pushing a stroller in my car <laughs> but like but like you know you have these these random intrusive thoughts and then you're like what is wrong with me you know yeah like, it like it's, it's like one thing and then it's another thing yeah 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 yeah, yeah. high school yes high school and okay so um i got into a fight with mom um and i was i was 15 and it was almost my birthday come to find out later that day it's her birthday i was a terrible son i felt super guilty and Wait, you thought you didn't realize it was her birthday no we got into a fight pretty early in the day and i wasn't just i wasn't i was being selfish and i wasn't thinking about Teenager. it i was also being an asshole yeah and um and then i i left and somehow brent got a hold of me and he's like you know, it's a pretty big asshole move on your mom's birthday. And he wasn't wrong, but I, it just made me more pissed because that was just like the road that I was going down. And and I ended up never really going back. Um, I lived with a bounce around from a bunch of friends' houses. Well, I finished out my sophomore year that I was in. So this happened in November um, that I ran away, turned 16, finished out sophomore year, and then moved in with my then girlfriend's 
mom and her and her siblings and I got into junior year and I think the second week of school I um we were fighting me and my one of my groups of friends were fighting a lot with kids from different schools we'd like meet up in parking lots and fight. <laughs> <laughs> it makes us sound so old I feel like people don't do that anymore <laughs> It was like a thing back then. (laughs) It was a thing. It was really cool. (laughs) You guys missed out. Um, Dang it. uh, I would have been good. Yeah. yeah. Um, That's a scrappy. (laughs) (laughs) We, um, we, I was walking out to my girlfriend's mom's car in the morning and this guy walks up to me and I thought he was a guy from like a rival high school and we were gonna like you know (laughs) fight or something i didn't know what the hell was going on fast forward he handcuffs me her mom's partner jumps into the back of their car that he's trying to put me in he can't get me there the cops end up getting called after i did some more running away in that moment (laughs) i didn't get very far and um so then i go to this kind of like a halfway house for teenagers it's a way of like the system resolving issues i guess and it's just a place where you stay and they ended up determining that this company that 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 our parents had hired yeah to kidnap you yes yeah which is apparently legal paris hilton yeah 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 (laughs) It had been lawful. And so um, we go to this mediation after I stayed maybe a week at that um, halfway house for teens or whatever. And they determined that it's okay. And so then I get in their car and I drive all the way without stopping to handcuffed to um, uh, northeast Washington. From where we are, it's probably like a... 15 to 18 hour drive and um i get dropped off at a ranch that is like a christian-based organization for like troubled youth in the wilderness all boys right yeah all boys yeah Yeah, in the wilderness at the eastern base of like mount rainier yeah that was pretty pretty gnarly place i loved it yeah, yeah, clearly. You were it. like five. Yeah, yeah mom and you dad. You went on hikes to visit for family <laughs> weekend. Yeah, mom and dad brought me. They had a trampoline. They had kittens. Yes. They made apple cider. I was like, this place is rad. Can yeah. I come? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did really, really well. I accelerated through the program and ranked up. They have like a ranking system, I think, faster than anybody had in the past uh, so they let me go home for christmas i had so it was the first maybe second week of junior year so it was probably like christmas or thanksgiving late august early september christmas we thanksgiving um, we went there thanksgiving oh, okay. yeah and so i i told him i warned him i said you shouldn't let him come home bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um and so i uh i plotted my escape and I escaped and probably didn't see my family for like two years um but um maybe a year and a half maybe a year I don't know I think you Um, moved in with me I don't know yeah maybe I was like like, a year and a half or some somewhere around there after you had gone missing yeah then you ended up moving into my apartment yeah when did you get your GED I didn't what yeah how do you go to college without 
You know, I guess apparently you don't need to have one. <laughs> what don't the hell? Tell them they might take my diploma away. Okay. Why? Everybody <laughs> just died. Why did I go to high school? You didn't. <laughs> <laughs> because you're not going to college. They felt bad for me. Uh-huh. I was Touché. like 25 Got going it. to college, never graduated high school. But then you graduate college class. with your what honors? Did so um, good. It was like it's like a communi- communication honor society, and then uh, I think. Uh, Magna cum laude as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Over so you're no dummy. Yeah. No. And was... I succeeded more well um, under the fire because at that point I was an adult. You know, I was in my mid to late 20s going through the, that whole thing and I had to work and support myself. So I see myself in challenging situations. Moved home but... and wanted to be out. <laughs> What's that? Moved home and wanted to be out. Yeah. 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 But it, yeah, because so I. I thrive during challenges, but it's also like really stressful, extremely stressful and exhausting. Yeah. So So it's like like running a a marathon, like, oh, I'm going to run a marathon so I can sleep better. But I'm freaking tired from running a marathon all the time. Yeah, it's daunting. Yeah. Yeah. But you need that extra challenge. Yeah. So which isn't great. I mean, it's like you have to like, have you found anything that helps? Uh, yeah, but it can become an addiction to gaming. Oh, okay. Gaming yeah. helps, but, um, sometimes I feel like I need to game when it's, like, not the most responsible time to game, you know? <laughs> so, but, I mean, that's life. It's just full of challenges. So. Yeah. So, we talked a little bit about, like, how... A little bit? A little bit. A little bit? A little bit. How, like, OCD has been tagged as, like, type A super organized like everything has to be orderly but obviously talking to you that's not always how it is and that's rarely how it is how do you feel about like film and just like super popular outlets talking about OCD in that way and it always being portrayed as type A it probably leads to like a lack of self-diagnosis or you know just but, I mean, it's not like Hollywood could, you know, cover every base to make everybody aware right. of their own mental issues or whatever. So, I guess a little indifferent. I don't know. It would have been nice to be clean, but I don't know at the expense of that sort of an obsession, you know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, how do you feel when people say, you know, I think a lot of people will say in passing, oh, but I'm a little OCD or, you know, it's just like an OCD like, thing that oh, I have. <laughs> And really, it's not. Fine about that, too. Yeah. It's new to me. Like, maybe my, my, like, outlook on that will change. But I don't feel particularly offended or anything by it. I mean, some people do. I think there have been, you know, I think I was feeling really sensitive when Jack was first diagnosed. And there were times where I was like, shut. Like, I noticed every time, all of a sudden, when someone would say that. Mm -hmm. And I was like. You don't have OCD. You uneducated piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> Do you even know? Um, but now it's just like, you know, people say that, whatever. I mean, it. unless it's portrayed and people really see how it actually could be or educate themselves yeah. and listen, yeah. um, they're just not, they're not going to know. And they're thinking of the very, you know, cliche, which some people have, but what we see on TV. Hand yeah. washing, tapping, cleaning, organization, all of that. So. Yeah, and it's still, um, I mean, it probably runs the gamut, too, but for my life, it's, 
I'm still like very functional you know it's it's more of a hurdle than anything so it's not like you're I guess like minimizing like huge disability of mine either plus I don't know maybe just because but it's it is so consuming fresh. maybe also you're used to it or or just learning to recognize what is actually your OCD and anxiety that you before just thought was just a natural habit yeah yeah and in the recent past I'm sure I've said some things like that in passing too it may yeah. make makes me more forgiving but I'm also not the PC police ever really yeah. so yeah um, yeah luckily I mean yeah that'd be a big burden for me I think if it was a an issue because uh, I feel like it's a semi-common, you know, kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what would be helpful for people to know and learn about OCD? Oh, geez. I guess, and it's, I guess this is just kind of universal, but, you know, don't take things personally. Like, I think as a result of my OCD, I'll calculate a lot of things out in my head that are seemingly, like, non-issues to people and probably from the surface or from the outside looking in non-issues to me but I'll calculate a bunch of things out and then when things don't go exactly as planned which is always I mean you know I'll get super frustrated and so sometimes it can lead to like irritability with other people or me just like freaking out about like about who gives a shit really and like people are like well, you know what the hell is this problem so um i think if people get easily frustrated sometimes it that's a tough one because like people could just need to like grow up and stop being such babies too you know but like and i'm not like i'm not one to like i mean yeah i guess in the past i have been for sure one to lash out but but you've gotten um, past that sometimes if i come off as like a little miffed it likely has nothing to do with, you know, well, anybody that's nearby yes. me mm -hmm. or whatever. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. just you're in proximity of me. So it can be frustrating. So I guess if you, if somebody has it and they appear frustrated, chances are it's not It has personal. nothing to do, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I remember, hopefully this doesn't strike a chord, but I remember when we were at um, Art Hop and all the gas spilled in your trunk and oh man we were all that was not a part of the plan <laughs> it was not a part of the plan we needed gas then and not later it was all over the trunk of the car and we all were like we thought it was kind of funny and we were like laughing and joking about it and we we're like oh shit like yeah. what are you gonna do you know we're all laughing and mm -hmm. you were getting like i could see you getting like more and more and more upset about it yeah it was uh, overwhelming yeah i guess that's like that's a thing too you know like I don't I don't really make excuses for myself so it's been tough being like I guess okay with myself or accepting or acknowledging that sometimes things are more overwhelming for me yeah but that was definitely an overwhelming moment that like um, some people might have been able to shrug off but then again people without OCD might have been overwhelmed by that it was a you know it was like a 3,000 person event and yeah I, like, effed up really bad yeah <laughs> and then my car smells like gas to this day and yeah that was march so yeah yeah for sure research has found that 25 percent of people with ocd have attempted suicide and i think that from what i'm seeing with jack at least in particular 
the anxiety that comes from, you know, you say OCD and anxiety, but I think if you know OCD, you know that anxiety is in there. It's mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. fear and anxiety. It's and yeah. yes, there's all these things. Um, and it's just like constant overstimulation. So really it's yeah. how it manifests itself. And um, I think in a lot of ways, or maybe every, every time there's like every person with OCD has a little bit of anxiety mixed in there, but like, it's just how that sort of um, overstimulation comes to the surface because yeah. there is like a lot of, at least with me and I'd imagine with a lot of other people that have OCD, there's a lot of suppression, you know? So yeah. eventually that has to come out somehow, mm-hmm. you know? And so, sorry, finish your question. I totally understand. No, that was fine. Yeah. That's totally fine. I'm just like learning about it yeah. and understanding better why you know that's a huge 25 percent is a big number yeah that's a really oh, big oh oh self-destruction yeah so i self-harm suicide yes, all of that i yes i was a cutter and that probably definitely had something to do with it it was just like sometimes i'll get in a headspace and i'm sure this is also something that could just come with life for a lot of people but i can look forward to life in the future and be like this is so daunting this is so much um and i don't know that i can particularly blame it on oc but i know it definitely adds to that overwhelming feeling of like i have so much ahead of me and so many challenges Mm -hmm. and ocd is definitely in retrospect one of the big challenges you know in my life so yeah i think um with jack who is now nine Things have changed now. I mean, like for your age group in particular, but maybe just in areas where there isn't a great, you know, great professionals or you just get sent to the wrong doctor, maybe it's an average of 14 to 17 years before diagnosis. Mm -hmm. And for Jack, you know, I'm so thankful that we really are ahead of it. And, you know, for you just talking about like would medication have helped you how you felt because it was a little bit tricky just with his age to make that decision I wasn't sure but I just started getting to a point where I just felt like it was just like almost like scribbles in his brain and noise and stuff all the time and I could see it and I was just feeling so I was feeling so much empathy for him because I could tell it was so overwhelming Mm -hmm. and so 14 to 17 years is a really long time it's great to finally get that actual diagnosis but you know I'm glad things are changing, but it's frustrating when you look at things and you go, oh, my gosh, so many people had no idea because they don't realize what it really is. Yeah. Yeah. And because I wasn't diagnosed at a younger age, I don't know what the drugs would do to like brain development or whatever. Would have changed maybe for you, though, in your experience. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, it would have. Like any little kid, I would have it would be multifaceted. I'd be super frustrated with it sometimes. I'd probably use it as an excuse other times, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever. But I think it, I think ultimately I probably would have benefited from it and had a little bit more peace, you know, just Mm -hmm. knowing that it's not some, I just always thought it was this form of insanity that was gonna, you know, I'm sure it feels like that. Yeah. Like why the hell am I thinking this? Yeah. I'm sure it feels like that. I'm sure it does. 
How can someone support you with your illness? Just by being a good friend or family member, you know, working yeah. through stuff like, you know, any other relationship. Um, Patient, not mad when you're late. Yeah. 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 <laughs> or mad when I'm late and then forgiving me later. It doesn't matter. Jess. <laughs> <laughs> I'm early. Me and, me and Jordan are the late ones always. <laughs> Claire has no excuse, though. <laughs> I just really like my bed, okay? Yeah. I'll be in my bed until two minutes before I have to be somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> have you learned anything specific that you feel like is important for people? I mean, I, I think it's great that you... When I feel like going through the experience you went through maybe is part of the reason why I really was like, I think this is what you have going on. But you went through that experience because you made a decision yeah. when you had your breakdown. Yeah, yeah. So um, during this time, there was one thing that the it was right now. It's the first thing that's coming to mind. I'm sure there are others. But and this is sort of a blanket statement for like a lot of things, but especially with OCD. The first person to say it to me was. A good friend of mine, his dad is a doctor, and I had called him just to get, like, after I went to the emergency room and went to my doctor multiple times when I was having my meltdown uh, February 2020, and he was like, hey, so, like, right now, you know, and when you go through medications every now and then, you're, and just by being and with your issues that you have to work through, your your brain is going to be working against you in some mm -hmm. ways you know parts of your brain are going to betray you or you know and then that kind of got echoed in therapy too that like with this sort of a condition or you know whatever you want to label it as like your brain at least in part is your enemy yeah you know and so it's like a it's like a um what is this uh what is that called when you arm wrestle yeah. it's like your arm wrestling yeah, yourself like, yeah, yeah, with, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you won something yeah, yeah. standing it's ovation like arm wrestling yourself <laughs> standing ovation um, <laughs> so uh, it was nice because like and kind of going back to like my adolescence and like having like feelings of embarrassment or shame that maybe when we do a part two on my podcast I'll have more answers for because I don't understand it or know why but I felt these parts of myself as like my whole identity even if it was just like one part I remember when we lived in Hollister and I fell off the bunk bed and I had a gnarly skin your face yeah skin your face yes yes it was I <laughs> wanted to make I it sound brutal I was but like so protective we'd be walking yeah. around and I'd be like don't look at my brother like that yeah 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 and <laughs> um, and during that time I don't know why but the, we were like the upper graders were um, coming into our classroom yeah like like a, you, you have like a younger yeah mm -hmm. and um, a younger was, buddy yeah, I was humiliated. So <laughs> it's for me personally, I felt very liberated knowing that like there are going to be parts of me that are imperfect or even like seemingly working against me, but it's not like my entire identity, mm -hmm. you know, so it felt good to be like, no, this negative thing that's happening to me is not part of what I've worked so hard to the person that I've worked so hard to become and um, being okay with that being like a separate thing that like I'll obviously like need to work on in the future 
but um, isn't something that I earned or even deserve or whatever. It's just, you know, my next obstacle that I need to get over. And that sort of separation has been super helpful through the diagnosis process. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you found any like specific websites or Instagram? Is there or... anything that like you find really helpful to read up on stuff or you just are really loving therapy is really helpful. Therapy. Oh yeah. Your what? breathing technique. Wim Hof method. Oh yeah. Wim Hof. So the, the same friend's brother and he, he's a big, um, he's into, I think it's called stoicism or, just being stoic or whatever like the 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 um he's he's big into these different kind of alternative like uh lifestyles yeah and um he teaches Wim Hof he's like a certified instructor and so I was doing the breathing exercises I still do them on my own because I just like doing it whenever I feel like doing it. But calming the reptilian brain, I feel from the breathing over oxygenating your blood, I feel like can be very calming. It's been a serious relief, yeah, which awesome. is why. Yeah, it's awesome. a it's hard work, but that has been for anxiety and OCD like um a nice vacation whenever I want to yeah. take it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jack and I meditate before bed and it seriously helps him. Yeah. A lot. It was like one of the first things that I heard I heard on like a podcast interview with a little girl who had OCD and it really did work actually and yeah. helped him big time. Yeah, that can be daunting too. I like um, it for myself. Yeah. It's just hard to like you have it takes practice. For sure. To like get into it, you have to find what voice you like, what sound you like, what yeah. method you like, but yeah. it totally does work. That's why yeah. I liked the Wim Hof a lot because I could do it on my own without like a guided, because the guided meditation would distract my brain a lot mm-hmm. and I would start thinking about, oh, the way they talk. And then I'd start thinking about, I wonder where they're from. And oh, I like, oh, okay, start see, getting I'm- in this like this like spiral of thinking about all these other things and then I'd be like oh shit I'm not even meditating right now yeah. I'm just thinking about like how I'm yeah. gonna die someday you're writing like fan yeah. fiction yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm the I'm the opposite like I have to find a voice that doesn't bug the heck out of me but I've already found the voice that doesn't bother me and um once I found that voice, I was like, this is great. So I can totally do guided meditation. But mm-hmm. there are some people where I'm actually, like, I can't handle your voice yeah. at all. There's actually this one podcast. I think it's I think it's called The Boring Podcast. And it's this guy, and he just talks about the most boring things you could think about. Great to meditate That, like, to. nobody would, no, well, nobody would, like, be interested in them. And mm-hmm. he has a very, like, deep boring voice mm-hmm. and Monotone. sometimes if my brain's just going and going and going and I need it to shut up I'll listen to him because my brain will like start thinking about what he's saying and it's so boring that I don't care about it but I'm still thinking about it and it'll put me to sleep which nice. works well but I did yeah. like I did the Wim Hof with Jordan and we did like a zoom class and um it's really helpful even if you have just generalized anxiety how do you spell it W-I-M space H-O-F-F. Okay. He's, uh, I believe he's Dutch. Um, I think he's from Holland. Okay. Um, and he, coupled with that, and uh, Greg, the the instructor, he, um, he also does 
his whole method is like a collection of Eastern practices for like these intense forms of meditation that are supposed to calm your nervous system because we live in a time where we'll, we'll you know, overstimulate. We'll, yes, way overstimulate our nervous system without stimulating muscles and organs. Mm-hmm. And so it's coupled with cold exposure, mm-hmm. ice baths. And so, yeah, it's just all about shocking your central nervous system back to a calm state that we don't have access to anymore because we live in comfort and then constantly stimulate our minds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. We had a really good time the other day together picking out <laughs> your three you. random questions. Okay. Sure, sure. <laughs> okay. So would you rather go without shampoo or without toothpaste for the rest of your life? Shampoo. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that Just was... get a buzz cut all the time. Yeah. No, but you have to have your hair. Yeah, that's fine. I don't want any shaving... <laughs> That gross head. Well, <laughs> embarrassed. New fear. <laughs> yeah, uh, okay. Like, Sorry. <laughs> Do you ever look at your poop? Like, really look at your poop? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes uh, you have to just check it out. Yeah. <laughs> See what's up. Yeah. This one's check for yourself. this one's for Emily. Okay, so a spider. Lay it out. A spider. Oh my gosh. A spider. <laughs> lay is... that shit out. <laughs> lay it out. Like really creepy looking Creepy spider. crawly. Mm-hmm. Is uh, crawling on Emily's back and you see it, but Emily doesn't know it's there. What do you do? <laughs> Preface, uh, Jordan I'll... and Emily are both really afraid of spiders. I probably <laughs> immediately freak out and so... Silently yes. or like, <laughs> no, I'd probably be like, oh my gosh, and she'd be like, what? And she'd start dancing around and it'd just be a shit show. I think, I think I wouldn't be able to keep my cool, but I would if she sat still long enough, flick it off or you know, whatever. But well, I you think wouldn't use your hand, a, you wouldn't use your hand. I'd be like, hang on, let me get an envelope. <laughs> Sit still. Oh, so good. Okay, do you have anything to shout out before we finish? <laughs> That's a good question. Is there somewhere that people could find Greg or find more information on Wim Hof if they were interested? Yeah, um, at ofxcoach.com yeah. or uh, sorry, on, on Instagram. 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 <laughs> yes. Okay, okay, awesome. Cool. cool, cool. Very cool. All right, thanks so much for being here today. Yeah, thanks for sharing thank you. your story. Thank All you. right, we love you. Love you too. All right, Bye. we love you guys too. Love you guys. Love you guys. <laughs> <laughs>